Well, you made it! You're finally here! Welcome to Half-Cocked Tales, a place where we have a great time celebrating science, the social contract, and just plain old congeniality. Dare I say a place where we seek a path to peace, prosperity, and exploration amongst the stars. I'm your friend and host, Dan, the Worshipin' Dionysus Man. I am sipping on some science today with a crisp, cool cocktail. And with me today, the lovely Ron and the fantastic Professor. They will be bringing us the Jimmy and Rosalind Carter sex tape. You just can't believe. How are you gentlemen doing today? Great. Very well, sir. Very well. Very timely on the... the the Jimmy and Rosalind Carter sex tape joke. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too too soon. I, I actually uh, ha- did have that discussion with my wife where it was like, Rosalind Carter just passed. A hundred years of doing good and being awesome. Is this, is this joke too much? And she's, she's, like, she's like, yeah, it probably is. It's like, okay, I'm going to say it then. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. It's good to have someone to bounce things off before just doing them anyway. So do it. Yeah. <laughs> just so I know, this is offensive, right? Yeah, like 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 this show is gonna tarnish her legacy. It's like that's what I'm going for. Are you associated with Dan the Dionysus worshiping man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, we're gonna have to let you go. You're gonna people are gonna lose their jobs for listening to this. Okay, all right, folks. Thanks for joining us today. We got a really fun and informative show brought to you by Wolf Cola. The, the cola of the badass. <laughs> We're going to be uh, talking about a lot of great stuff today. Uh, the, the There's a, a particular advertising debacle over at Twitter slash X that uh, I'm calling Exodus 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Vaccines got a big win at the Supreme Court this week. We'll do some fact check and quiz. Going to take a quick look back at Jonestown, November 19th, 1978. Something big might have happened there. And of course, we encourage you to reach out to us at halfcocktails at gmail.com, or maybe you want to send us a voice or text message at 443-499-8253. But be careful, we're going to use it as fodder for this show. In fact, I did I did get an email, guys. I did. I did. It didn't, uh, here, let me let me read it. Let me read it right now. <clears throat> Dan, you're so handsome and your penis is amazing. How could I be more like you? <laughs> Signed anonymous, which and, and and I get it, and I get it. And uh, all I can say is uh, drugs, alcohol, and loose women. That's, that's the way to go. That's how I did it. Is that a from strong bad emails? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> very very well. Might be. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's move on and uh, let's kick on that time machine. These songs are just to give me a moment to take a hit. (laughs) That's all they do. It's allowing me to, I guess, fill up my cup of Kool-Aid for today's show. (laughs) Oh, I I prefer (laughs) Flavor-Aid. Well, that's what they used. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. All right, so I, I'm a, I'm going to just assume there's a mild familiarity with uh, Jonestown here in the room, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, a bit. I, I gotta I gotta say, uh, when I was prepping for this and I and I, and I was reading, refreshing because you know I, we've all probably seen a documentary too. At least maybe somebody out there has read a book or two. Many have been written, many many. This is a very very famous 
cult suicide from the late 70s. But I, I gotta I gotta say, as I read about Jim Jones and his early life and, and upbringing, it triggered a lot for me who growing up in a, in a, in a right wing Mormon uh, household but he this guy this guy he he was fucking charming and he built this church pretty cleverly and 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 there are some accounts where people claim he was actually atheist and agnostic just exploiting religion but he was a pentecostal preacher doing the type of healing tent revivals where you know like anybody out there oh i, I sense you ma'am in the back you have a cancer why don't you come forward and through the healing powers of Jesus, I might bless and cure your cancer, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He worked very closely with a man named William Branham, who kind of pioneered the typical thing that we, we've all seen in television movies, where it's like, I sent somebody out there today. Christine Bravlovsky, are you in the, in the audience today? So Barn- Barnum uh, questions. Know, uh, Yes. Well, no, get, getting the people's information ahead of time and acting like God is, is transmitting to you. Fletch, the movie Fletch did it, right? He had the earpiece in mm-hmm. and he was being fed the information. Branham did a lot of that. So people would sh- show up to these giant, you know, faith healing things, good Christian people. And then they see this preacher, like a psychic style, cold reading slash hot, uh, getting info ahead of time, seeming to have divine powers. I'm just saying, if, if I was young and impressionable in that, in, in one of those healing revivals, I would have been misled yeah, quite absolutely. easily. I mean, especially when you've got all of these religious authorities supporting these people. You know, he he, he got accredited. Uh, he worked his way up through different ministries, uh, the Independent Assemblies of God, one called the Latter Rain, big on the healing revival stuff during the 50s. He he was also known for, and this is this is ballsy, I kind of I like this, and that, that that's another thing that was made me uncomfortable was there are several things he did where I was like, no, I can get behind that. Like, <laughs> Shit. I'm one of those guys. He would he would take his people and he would go over to some other church in session and like kind of barge in and, and, and like out church. <laughs> I am going to poach your congregation. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was usually really successful. Like he'd kick in and be like, These people are imposters, and I come with the real power of Jesus. Their Jesus power is false Jesus power. Only I can lead you. That's incredible. I, I'm just really feeling thankful that I had someone in my life as a young, impressionable person that awakened me to skepticism and critical thinking. Right, right. And we'll, we'll get back to that skepticism <laughs> and critical thinking. I assure you. I expect, I expect. This guy's so brazen. He, this guy was like the Bruce Lee of Christian revivalists. Anywhere he went, if he saw techniques that were working, he incorporated them into his shtick, right? Wherever he went, oh, like, like that guy, William Brannon, Branham, I mentioned, was really really successful at this stuff so he just took all the best stuff and was like yep i'm gonna use that there was another guy in philadelphia named father divine and he had his own uh he was also part of that latter rain christian movement he was his own uh, he was an african-american spiritual leader in philadelphia and it, it it's well known. Uh, it, it, Jim Jones did a lot of pro civil rights stuff and a lot of integration. He was really big on like, no, everybody's God's kids. Like, let's integrate stuff. So, so some positive with the crazy. Also, maybe you know, I can, I will grift from everybody. That's probably a better way to see it, Ron. <laughs> 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 
I'm losing the black grift. I got to get that black grift going. <laughs> the, dude was so ballsy. He went to Father Divine's funeral and tried to poach the congregation. I mean, that's the time to do it. Uh, well, sadly for Jim Jones, uh, Father Divine's widow stood up and pointed at him and called him an agent of the devil and cast him out. Oh man, this is, this is there should be a movie. We need a movie, and not just because Javier Bardem would play an amazing Jim Jones. There we yeah, go. so so he's like all about integration, right? He's all about equality. He's he's communist and Marxist and socialist of his era in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. He's like USSR's got it right. Cuba's got it right. Uh, I I think he just liked being contrarian, but I might make a side note here lots of uh, christian religions including the one i was raised in have a belief that jesus is going to come and then it's all going to be socialism and communism just run by jesus the only way it would ever work in their mind yes yeah i absolutely is a thing so you know socialism is cool but it, it, only if jesus administered it i say <laughs> let an a let's make an ai jesus but uh, i digress <laughs> digital jesus that sounds like a song title right there. Your own digital Jesus. <laughs> wow, that's going to be a thing. Your own AI uh, clergy. It's just just for you. Wow. Anyway. With its own <laughs> algorithm. Just for you. How quick before AI Jesus gets racist? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. It's learning from the internet. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's wild about Jim Jones is we're talking in the 50s and 60s. He's like, I got a rainbow family. He's adopting Koreans. He's adopting a Native American. He's adopting an African American, right? Like, by all accounts, he wanted to grift everybody. But no, that's actually a ballsy thing to do at that time. I know one of my personal friends uh, was talking about being a teenage girl in the 50s, and her first serious love was a black man and talking about how they had to be super duper fucking careful. Even just being seen in a car together could have led to trouble for them. So let's like, I, I don't I don't mean to downplay like his whole rainbow family thing. Every charismatic cult leader has something to draw people in that's genuine, right? It doesn't, this, this guy's church did not start out with let's drink poison Kool-Aid. Yeah, but what what was his end game at the beginning? At the beginning, I think it's the same as as every other person starting their own their own church. I think he just you know it was money and power and adulation, right? Like as 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 musicians and performers, we've all been on stage. You know that feeling, right? When there's a crowd and they're really into what you're giving them, it's mm. a real feeling. You get yeah. addicted to it. Uh, uh, I know actors in the theater get that same feeling. Anybody, any kind of public performer or speaker, I feel like even somebody at a at a freaking HOA board meeting gets that feeling when they're in front of the group charging it, right? I have power, damn it. Yeah, yeah. everyone's listening to me. I have power. Power and influence. We need to move these trash cans. <laughs> the injustice. Yeah, exactly. He early in the 60s, he was like, maybe I have to get out of the country, checked out South America for a bit, ended up just going to Northern California instead because he didn't speak Spanish and he found the language barrier to be really hard to overcome. You can't grift people if you don't <laughs> in Spanish if you don't speak Spanish. And and he kept growing and growing and, and growing. But with that growth came early reports of abuse, you know, 
know, he, he would constantly preach that, uh, hey, we're being attacked. We're being attacked by the KKK. We're being attacked by Nazis. We're being attacked by redneck vigilantes. We're being attacked by the American government. We're under attack, right? Constantly as, as a method of control, as cults and groups do. Yeah, us against the world. It's us It's us versus the world, damn it. And I grew up in a Mormon faith where I was told I was constantly under attack. And guess what? It's no different than anybody else. You're just existing. Most people don't give a shit. I go to school, most people don't give a shit. Nobody ever at school was like, you're a Mormon, I'm going to bully you. <laughs> the kids that bullied me were other oh, Mormons. Oh my God. The, the victim uh, persona seems really effective for grifters all around yes why do you think that is i i honestly i think we as humans psychologically that victim mindset gives it it lets us off the hook it can feel good to be part of a collective victimhood i guess as a group as well <laughs> if, if you are suffering we're, we're collectively going through shit mm. the camaraderie the community absolutely false trauma bonding false trauma bonding i know that if i if I feel like I'm a victim, I don't feel responsible for the situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if I'm a genuine victim, I'm not, right? Like if I'm walking down the street and some guy walks up behind me and stabs me, why the fuck am I responsible for that? I'm not. But if it turns out I was walking down the street after, you know, yelling racial slurs at the man and throwing rocks, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm less of a victim. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe we like <laughs> identify some kind of other that's to blame and then we can like yeah. unite against that and that then i'm you're now got me and you're in the palm of your hand for the manipulation that you're looking for yeah you, you're galvanized right feels like a good political playbook it also reinforces the the tribe uh the tribe mm-hmm. uh-huh mm-hmm so, you know, as he's doing that, uh, he starts prophesying, uh, you know, fires, car accidents, death and injury on anybody who's going to be unfaithful to him and his teachings. You know, God's going to punish you. And uh, uh, th- there was actual reports of people like being like, oh, I don't want to do that. And, and they would have discipline for not, f- 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 not following Jones's vision. Uh, abuse cases, like physical abuse, and, and he began to exercise control over people's sex lives, including requiring sexual favors from some of the wives of the members of the church. Oh, uh, I was, I was gonna ask. Almost always incorporates that. <laughs> yes, always comes to that. Every cult's favorite phase. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, shit, shit started to get crazy, and they started to get investigated. Though they, though he was growing, uh, by 1973, he had reached 2,500 members with 36,000 subscribers to its fundraising newsletter. Wow. By the way, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about the Half Cocktails uh, subscription newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> just, just uh, he started to, to come under heat. And and have publicity problems, you know, because people would leave and say things like they're abusing us. And this guy says crackpot trying to fuck everybody. Uh, <laughs> apparently he was even raping male congregants. Again, his grift knows no race, creed nor gender. He will fuck you. Equal opportunity. <laughs> right. Right. So he began in the fall of 1973 looking for uh, an international location to get away from the United States. What they had spent some time early in the church in in I think it was Indiana. He he did a lot of those faith healing grifting stuff, and one of the things was he would like pull cancer out of people. Be like, see, look at this thing in my hand. Here's the cancer. You know, typical faith healing bullshit. 
Well, some court cases happened and they were like, they had some science people saying, uh, yeah, we would like to examine the cancer he supposedly pulled from these people to see what it is. Because these people over here are saying it's chicken gizmos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so he very, very quickly uh, formed a, a planning commission, devised the escape plan. They, they traveled to Guyana, Africa, because he'd been there uh, earlier and, and liked the reception of people there. By 1974, they'd purchased the land and started moving people there. Uh, 1977, they had about 50 people, but the end of 1977, he had about uh, 1,000 people in the compound in, in Guyana, Africa. Uh, at this time, the his church had amassed about $42 million in today's money and assets. And it looks like about two-thirds of the people living in Jonestown were, were black, were African-American. Oh, I did not know that demographic information. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It all unraveled, though. Uh, apparently, it, it was unraveling of its own accord. Uh, uh, life at the compound was not the utopia he sold it as where uh, people were kept underfed and sleep deprived. Uh. <laughs> when you, if you're sleep deprived and malnourished, you can't make good critical thinking choices. He would broadcast day and night sermons over the loudspeakers. He did a bunch of uh, dry runs of like, Hey everybody, this, this Kool-Aid's uh, sorry, this flavor aid. It was not Kool-Aid. It was actually Flavor-Aid. This Flavor-Aid's poisoned. Everybody drink it. They're coming to get us. And we, we're going to have a, we called it revolutionary suicide. They actually did several of those. And people would all drink it. And then he'd be like, ah, it's just a test. We're all good. Oh, that's interesting. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy was insane. Uh, eventually, so, some of the family members of people who were in Jonestown can, convinced some people in, in in the United States to go investigate. And a congressman named Leo Ryan from from California, where a lot of these families, you know, he, he was in the district where a lot of these families are from, took uh, NBC camera crew reporters for a bunch of different newspapers. And they, they flew over there and they went down to Jonestown and they investigated. And while they were there, some of the people gave them notes saying, please, please help us fucking leave. <laughs> Ouch. So they go and they take 15 people with them. And they go to their plane, and as they're boarding their plane to take off, a security group from the Jonestown camp shows up and opens fire with machine guns and kills the congressman and most of the people, but not all of them. There were several survivors, and they came back. And because there were survivors, he, Jones pulled the plug, and he made the poison flavor aid, and he they had armed guards forcing everybody to drink it, and then after everybody drank it, then the armed guards themselves drank it, and uh, he either shot himself in the head or had someone else shoot him. Chillingly, he also recorded the entire thing, which is available, 44 minute, 44 and a half minute recording of Jim Jones talking to his cult after they've drank the the flavor aid so he recorded his own snuff film lovely yeah he did he did uh and all of this is corroborate corroborated by people like 
one dude hid in a ditch instead of drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like a couple people like ran into the jungle. Like they survived and they they backed it up. So like, yeah, that's what happened. The people who survived the shooting in the airplane were like, yeah, there's security forces came up in pickup trucks and fucking unloaded on us. Like the, there's a lot of conspiracy theories claiming the CIA did this shit, but we know they didn't. We even have the tape of Jim Jones himself. Like this cult spiraled out of control. This day... November 19th, 19, as of the day we actually are recording this, 1978, it is the 55th anniversary of the Jonestown Massacre. And it's, it's kind of stunning to see how almost every cult that has turned into a mainstream religion, every cult follows this formula. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, is it a cult uh, criteria? I saw a really good box on that. And I don't recall all of them, but, but charismatic leader, um, and I think sex stuff. It's 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 always it always gets there because it's just uh, uh, we as humans are sexual creatures, and when you have power over someone, well, eventually that's one of the powers you test. How much power do I have over this human being? Like, isn't that what all the the cuckolding porn is about? Like, oh, this this stud has power over this fucking simp, this cuck over here. It's a it, like it's they're fucking it's a power play. Yeah, it's all power, power and control. That's a wild ride, man. That's a that story is a wild ride. And it just like when I I love a cult story because I I see the institutions that I have seen that have just like one of the pillars. And then I I think like, oh, that's why I don't like that. Also, whenever friends are like, you know, I wish we could just live in a commune together. No, no, uh-uh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, you, you could find a group of maybe like a group of friends that have adjacent properties that would all nicely get along. You know, <laughs> even the best the best cults like that that, that want to go get away from it all and, and live on a commune, it's only good for the first generation. Yes. Then it's going to break apart. No matter how good it is, it's over after the first generation. Oh, yeah, because those are the people that all decided to go live on a commune together, right? Right. Like the, the kids, the didn't kids all leave. That. <laughs> That's not what they want to do. I think, I think the Amish actually do a decent job of, of like, we're all living on a, in like a farming commune, and you're allowed to leave at a certain age. Go experience the world. Go do it. And then see what you want to do. Get your rumspringer on. Get that rumspringer on. But the ingredients for cults, uh, I think they're universal and and they go all over the world. They don't know any culture. I think it's it just because it preys on our general human insecurities. We, excuse me, it's so much easier if someone else explains it for us and tells us uh, what it means and what to do. That's so much easier than to have to constantly be alert and applying critical thinking skills. Shit, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong about this? What if I'm wrong about this? Fuck, that's exhausting. <laughs> I wonder, like, when it's in its early stages and they're gathering people, it's not always, like, super Christian. There's plenty of cults that start uh, in, a, in a kind of let's do this healing Earth Mother Yoga shit together. Oh my God! Yeah, there's so many. Uh, I saw there's actually a really good documentary where this uh, comedian of Indian descent grew his beard and his hair out, and, and and like as a joke, 
for this documentary started a cult, but it hit a point where he was like, this got real. <laughs> like just by simple like aphorisms, like he was, you know, the, the shit you'd, you'd get on, don't sweat out of, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff kind of shit, right? Like he was able to get a group of people to really start following him. And he happened, you know, he happened to use the new age Indian guru packaging and, and marketing packaging but it, it worked and then it, it scared him because he didn't think it would work so easy mm. yeah I, I actually think those are more common today than christian cults are i feel like christianity had its culling you're either one of the big boys or you're done yeah but that you know that that happened probably jim jones was one of the last <laughs> you know you, you get driven away uh, or or you, you sink or swim and he, he definitely sank Oh yeah! By the way, I gotta go early. I got a, a sex thing with my CrossFit family. Ah uh, mm. yes, yes, yes. No, we all understand that. <laughs> Absolutely. And God, it really lasts hours with those folks. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about some other news. It's time for some news from our point of view. We'd even be glad if we could have. A laugh or two. It's time for some news. All right. Okay. Uh, let's 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 have a vote on what you want to go first with: vaccines or uh, Elon Musk bullshit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> let's do the vaccines. There you go. Okay. Right. Well, wonderful news in the world of vaccines. The Supreme Court has rejected hearing an appeal relating to the COVID-19 vaccine requirements in the workplace. A group of nurses in New Jersey had filed a lawsuit saying they don't have to be vaccinated to go back to work because of religious freedoms and health concerns. Well, that lawsuit got quashed by the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Third Circuit. They said, no, 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 you have to get your vaccines and go back to work. And so they said, well, we're appealing to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, we're not hearing that case, which means the Third Circuit Court's decision stands. Woo! Outstanding. Boom! That's a big win for science. I, I don't know how, how like, we, we got here. Uh, <laughs> where <laughs> vaccines are so controversial, but but seemingly they are, and I for one enjoy not having polio and measles and mumps and rubella. I as well love that. It's it's kind of nice, right? My my grandfather who fought in World War Two, he had his childhood friends did not enjoy the luxuries that we are enjoying right now. I, I assure you, hmm. it's it's uh it's been ongoing. It's been ongoing for years, obviously since the. The, the damn thing started in 2020 and it's currently the end of 2023. I'm wondering, uh, you know, tinfoil hat. Let me, let me, uh, devil's avocado here. Uh, <laughs> is it, is it going to be okay if I'm a nurse? Do I have to get the flu shot? Should I, should I have to get the flu shot? If I'm, if I'm working in healthcare. You know, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think you should. It's not really a downside. <laughs> yeah. I feel like shit after I take it. Well, Although I also feel like shit after I drink a whole ton and woke up, wake up with a hangover. But damn it, that's my choice. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a, a bit of a gamble whether or not they're going to guess the right strain for the flu. Yeah, there is that. There is that. There is that. Uh, but and this is something I personally struggled with because I, I want to say maybe 10 to 12 years ago, I had a crisis of conscience with, with crisis of conscience specifically with 
the flu vaccine because because of that. Like uh, when I came to understand and learn, oh wow, they're just picking the the most virulent strain in Asia, and they're making a, a vaccine for that. But it comes down to risk management, right? Like, what's the safest choice? Well, the, the, the safest choice is to have some protection against something because that doesn't actually hurt the protections I already have in my immune system, right? Like, I'm not going to hurt my immune system by getting this shot. I, it can only add something. And half an umbrella is better than no umbrella. Yeah. Uh, and like, you're also... When I've been in my vaccine decision-making years of my life, I've always been the a party that's not usually the ones that's going to get hurt by the flu or COVID, but I'm not stupid about the fact that I'm also going to pass it on to somebody right. that, ah. that is potentially vulnerable and getting the vaccine isn't just for me. Right. Our actions do affect others. Yeah. Right. That's why I hate when people don't call in sick to work. I'm like, God damn it. You came to stand next to me while you're sick. Fuck you. Now we all have yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, we all have it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Okay. Well, that brings us to some uh, <clears throat> Elon Musk news. You know, he's the world's richest man and he has way too much power already over the Ukraine war with his satellites, in my opinion. But that's yeah. a different topic. He has threatened, quote, thermonuclear lawsuit, unquote, against Media Watchdog. And he calls advertisers oppressors <laughs> that's like oh my god pick a pick a lane <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh uh so uh a media watchdog group called media matters compiled some images of some really fucking pro-nazi tweets appearing next to the brands that advertise on x you know, which is why they had all that content moderation before he bought the company was specifically for this this exact reason. Brands don't want their ads being aired next to extremist bullshit. Okay, it's that simple, right? That's the market. That's the free marketplace. So Twitter, because they wanted to be a successful company in the free marketplace, said, "Okay, advertisers who are actually our customers, people, you got to understand. First off, X." Who's the customer? It's not us. No. It's the it's the people buying ads. If I'm running Maxim Magazine, who's my customer? It's the people buying ads in my mag- magazine. You, the people buying my magazine? Yeah. I'm making content to appeal to you, to capture you, because I'm selling you to advertisers. That's right. how advertising works. So Musk thinks he's being oppressed by his customers not wanting to buy his product. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like if I run a taco stand and people don't like they're like, oh, fuck this guy's tacos. Ah, I'm being oppressed. I'm not buying my tacos. I'm suing. I'm going to sue all of you. All of you who yeah. said my tacos suck. I'm not the biggest fan of the whole this whole uh, capitalism thing we live in. But the if that's. I, I'm pretty sure that Elon Musk has put his chips into it, you know, and and defends it vehemently. So that's the principle that's causing his uh, advertisers to have the right to leave, right? The fact that they're free to do so. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. But he, okay, so he's claiming that 
Okay, I'm going to I'm going to actually read the what he tweeted late Friday night. The split second court opens on Monday. X Corp will be filing a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters and all those who colluded in this fraudulent attack on our company. He added their board, their donors, their network of dark money, all of them. The discovery and depositions will be glorious to behold. And that actually <laughs> sounds like a guy who believes people are out to get him. Oh yeah. I mean, people, people actually are out to get him, but not, not exactly the way he thinks they are. <laughs> right. Very, very true. Very true. Right. Right. It's, and it's not even dark money. But what is, is strange is like he, what was it? Where was it? Like there was, a, there was a recent tweet. He himself. Yeah. He, he uh, last week, Musk agreed with, with a tweet claiming Jewish people excuse me, are pushing hatreds against whites. And he called that post the actual truth. Yeah, I saw that. That's what I thought that this was going to be the our headline for the day. Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah, in, like the very week he himself supported anti-Semitism on, on this site, he's claiming the, the company that took screen grabs, they didn't create them with Photoshop. They don't have to. All they do is they type that tweet and they click reload on the page until the new ad loads up and then they screenshot it. Then they reload and get the next ad. That's all they have to do. They're just using the site. He's claiming that 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 I don't know. He's claiming that's fraudulent. No, that's that's your website, buddy. That's how it works. That's your content. You <laughs> you let you let all those people say that stuff. Yeah. So in in response, in pure hucksterism, he said, uh, "This is why you should all buy Premium Plus because there's no ads, and you can get your unfiltered right to free speech because advertisers are oppressors." <laughs> I, I never thought growing up that I would have such a, a visceral reaction to people promoting free speech or at least saying that <laughs> I hear you but it's so co- it's so coded now the barriers of entry to crackpot ideas were destroyed by the internet <laughs> oh, yeah. well so back when we were kids in the 80s and 90s none of these crazy ideas got traction so we didn't need free speech firewalls for them right mm-hmm. It, it it was it was completely unnecessary. Now, ex, this extremist speech is what what became the firewall was these social media companies like Facebook and Twitter. Like, fuck, we need content moderation teams. We need to like put these fires out. We need to not let these extreme ideas spread because the the general public aren't comfortable with them and they aren't appropriate conversation. Like if I go to dinner with you and your family, I shouldn't start talking about my contagious foot fungus. Right. Like I need to I need to moderate my own content if I want to continue to be a successful dinner guest. Yeah. And and all of that's gone. That public content moderation is gone. And these crackpot ideas spread like fucking crazy. And when people like him, they say, well, it's free speech. Well, yeah, he's technically correct. It is free speech. But we don't let people yell fire in a crowded movie theater. Why? Because there's such thing as dangerous speech. And that's been the battle this whole time. Yeah. Right. And it used to be this kind of dangerous speech got auto moderated out. Your librarians weren't pushing it. Your school teachers weren't pushing it. It was it, it was only word of mouth underground. Mm-hmm. Can remember remember my dad talking hush hush with other extremist Mormons about some of the far right conspiracies of the day. But it was never 
never for public content. Now it's just, it's all out there. Yeah. There is a question of law as to whether we want a service like X or Facebook to have to be in charge of doing that content moderation or or not. And I think there's a lot of like politicking as to who whose hands, yeah, whose hands are dirty. Is Is that X content? You know, or is that someone else's content that just so happens to be, I don't know, hosted on X? Yeah, no, it's to me, it's a no brainer. If this was a physical billboard I put up at my house and other people are posting fucking push pins, I'm responsible for the goddamn billboard on my house. Mm. It's that simple to me. X is responsible. Facebook is responsible. Whoever is actually hosting the data, you're you're fucking responsible. But they're not legally responsible. No, they're not. It's it's tricky, right? <laughs> they just, some of them have chosen to moderate the content. In fact, we were kind of like, I don't know, I say we, as in like liberals that I hang out with. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. we were kind of vibing on tri- Twitter when it was moderating content and kicking off DJT. And now it's feels like i can't even i'm I'm glad they changed the name because i can't even like can't even do it because now you can be wistful about twitter and just hate on x <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. yeah 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 in addition like they've already said like protests they can they can say like no you're not allowed to protest here you can protest here mm-hmm. right like limitations on speech like you can yell fire but not in that crowded theater right no it's it's a public hazard right well that's not speech anymore once it's dangerous, it's not speech. You know, you don't, and a lot of, spe- it just like we have this conflation between you said something and whether or not it's speech. But a lot of things you say, you're, you're not really saying something, you're doing something. Mm. If I pronounce you, you know, husband and husband, then I'm, I'm doing something. If I, if I shout fire or bomb, I'm, it's not speech anymore. You're doing something. It's an action. Yeah. I don't have to use my mouth to make speech either. Like, this conflation is is kind of insane and i think there's a lot of just general confusion about what speech is isn't speech just like expressing your ideas yeah we're limited by language you almost have to be a lawyer to understand it huh yeah boils down to that (laughs) lawyers and linguists lawyers and linguists you can't trust either (laughs) they're both cunning some are (laughs) and on that note hey let's uh let's let's talk about some snake oil (laughs) oh snake You know what? Everybody's favorite congressman, George Santos, is not going to seek re- re-election after a damning House ethics report. What? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Shocking. That's fantastic news. I still want him expelled. Uh, he should be. <laughs> it's like they've got the receipts. And the reason it's snake oil is people, this man raised thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to run for office. And he spent that money on luxury clothing, OnlyFans purchases, paying off his credit cards. <laughs> Sadly, the the evidence, and we, we've, we've talked about this before, the evidence has been there. Like, it was very quickly shown that all of the claim, half the claims in his campaign was like bullshit. Like, he's like, I'm Jewish. And like, wait, you're not Jewish. Well, what I meant was I'm Jew slash ish. <laughs> 
And what's his real name <laughs> anyway? That was even up up for debate for many, many, many months. Yeah, yeah. Yuzo uh, has multiple yeah. aliases. Yep. Uh, he was once a uh, drag performer in uh, Brazil. It's it's wild. This man, this man is actually he definitely should parlay this into writing his own biographical movie. I want it to star George Santos, and I want it to be a. I, I want it to be like Indiana Jones. I really, really want this to happen. He's like, this is my true life story, and I want it to like open in the jungles <laughs> of Brazil with him in a fucking leather jacket finding a golden idol. Like, oh my god, I'm I'm signed up for this movie. I, there's uh, <laughs> definitely a precedent for him playing himself, which is the uh, Eight Mile. Eight Mile, right? Yeah, there you go. It could be a. It could also be a one man show on stage live. You know, <laughs> I would also go see that. <laughs> I mean, there's there's vomit on his sweater already. Mom spaghetti. Yeah, he did. He did not miss his shot. Uh, yeah, he's not going to seek reelection. He is definitely though going to sell some books. Probably get his own news network show somewhere. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, you know, and and hopefully now we can also get rid of uh, uh, Menendez, the other oh, yeah, cartoon criminal. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's hit it's, the road, Bob. And, and I did come across a, a nice uh, uh, editorial on New NewRepublic.com. dot uh, com. the The title was "George Santos is a buffoon." The bigger story of corruption in Congress is less funny. And it makes the point of like, yeah, George Santos and Bob Menendez are like cartoonish crooks. And it's it's silly, like the the amount of, of bullshit that they pulled off is silly. But maybe Santos's biggest crime was not laying low in, until he learns the actual game of, of grift in Washington. Mm. Uh, we all know that since yeah. Citizens United. The ability of people to spend money to gain the favor of politicians has only increased to the point where now we're talking about Supreme Court justices fucking houses getting bought by special interest groups. Yeah. Like, oh, did you want a big mansion? Here you go. <laughs> it's the deep grift. Yeah, right? Like, like that's the that's the real snake oil is you play politics and you hang out long enough. It's not about governance at all. It's about getting in good with big money to get you and yours. You ever given anyone a house, by the way? A vacation home? A vehicle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because. I just can't get, can't get my head around it. My life is real far from that. I, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to imagine having <laughs> enough money to where... Because like, I, I feel like when I have largesse, I am generous. But like house generous? Like I love both you guys very deeply from That's the bottom of my house of my bottom of my heart. But to buy you a house? <laughs> wow, I'm gonna need a lot of money before I'm I'm just that that fucking like even for your birthday. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. happy birthday. I thought you yeah. might like a like a house on on the island you know, of Malta. There you go. <laughs> You thought of me. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, I stayed there. It was an Airbnb. And, and I was like, that painting on the wall, I bet Alex would love that. You know what? I'm going to buy him this place. He'll love it here. <laughs> the whole house. Yeah. Do you think people buy each other houses like more often, like towards the end of the fiscal year? 
<laughs> When's it beneficial tax wise? Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's see. I bought I bought you a house last year. I need to buy this one for your wife uh, in order to maximize the tax benefits. But between you and me, it's really for you. Thank you. Now, can we pass that house around? Well, we should go there and talk policy. Hey, then, then we can write <laughs> the airplane tickets off as a business expense. That, honestly, it just sounds stressful. It sounds like a really stressful life, being a politician <laughs> or a, a big wig or whatever we call that in 2023. Uh, it sounds it sounds kind of awful. Uh, it's not the career path for me. No, no, not not at all. No, I did see a tweet about from a a porn star that said that she had subscribed to that Santos had subscribed to her OnlyFans and that she rated his dick and. That made me smile. <laughs> that 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 also made me smile. But uh, and the fact that he has come out as gay makes me believe he's not gay. That's what that's where we're at with Santos. <laughs> oh my god! So I definitely, I definitely, yeah, I think she's she's telling the truth. Isn't it funny that people come out like when they're in trouble now because they think they'll like I don't know get some support or whatever it's a good cover i guess i'm, <laughs> I'm sorry george santos the gay community yeah. is not feeling it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, mm, yeah you could stay in no, i love the uh the, com- the community television show had a great episode with the brilliant actor jim rash playing the dean and the two guys come to the, his two superiors come to him and they're basically like, we can get more money if you come out as gay. And he's like, gay doesn't even begin to describe what I am. And, <laughs> uh, he's so good. He's so good. So and then the gist of the episode is he, he come publicly comes out as gay, but like he feels conflicted. And in the end, he gives this amazing speech where he's like, ladies and gentlemen. I am not gay. I am a politician. And I will say whatever I think you need to hear. And there are lots of us out there. And it's time they all came out. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, hmm. Ah, anyway. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Let's do some fact checking. All right, um, Professor, last week uh, Ron smashed two out of three, so we're going to give you three this week. All right. And, uh, and see, if, see if you can beat yes. him. Uh, uh, first up, uh, Yale scientists have developed an airborne mRNA vaccine. Airborne? Yes. mRNA vaccine. Okay. Um, and do we, just to clarify, do we get to know the, the source or no? I'm happy either way. The, the Epoch Times. Okay. Epoch Times. Could go either way. Yale scientists have, say it again, an airborne mRNA vaccine for what? Yale University is developing technology to deliver new mRNA vaccines through the air. I'm actually, that, that doesn't 
sound terribly shocking because I know that you could do like a oh, but I see the the red conspiracy theorists are like oh, they're going to put it into mm. the into the air and then vaccinate everyone by force. Um, mm. So, but but like, uh, can I can I say mixed? Yeah, yeah, you could say mixed. I know you can do a nasal spray at vaccine administration. That was part of the presentation administered through the nose of a vaccine. Is the simplified translation of the Chinese Epic Times video clip. All right, so are we mixed? No, it's false. It's false. It's, false. it's just okay. false. Uh, uh, they, they're not. They're not developing that. That was you. But you were right. Like you, your brain, you parsed all the options, and one of them was very much. Uh, this was being spread around uh, conservatives in uh, China. You know, having a kernel of truth is how you get the propaganda out there. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. A there's a website link being shared on social media saying uh, promoting the purple bag project for U.S. troops. If you buy a Crown Royal whiskey, they will send a care package to a U.S. military service member. Hmm. I think I I could have sworn it's a Canadian company, but. Uh... Uh, I don't really know. Uh, and I also don't know if that factors in. You buy a, a, a bottle of whiskey, we'll send a care package to a U.S. military. Like, I, I don't see a huge incentive structure towards lying about this, but you are tricky, so that's my only reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna, I'm still going with my gut and saying true, and I don't, I don't mind losing. It is true. It is Yay. true. If you go to pack.crownroyal.com, they will send a care package, eight items, including beef jerky, cookies, fruit snacks, nuts, peanut butter singles, popcorn, and a protein bar, and tea. Damn. I should join the military. Make your vice contribute to a good cause. Yeah, right, right to the good cause. Uh, sadly, they're not including any Crown Royal, so... <laughs> Okay, and oh, okay. So you're one and one. So if you get this next one right, you're 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 a Montessori winner. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, social media posts being shared, claiming in the 19th century, rectal dilators, more likely to be referred to as butt plugs, were touted as a cure for headaches and other hail- health ailments. 19th century. So that's the 1800s. Yes. Making sure I say it. Yes. Thinking out loud. I like to think out loud. You got a hot, you got a headache, buddy? Shove this up your ass. Honestly, this is my this is my favorite part of, of the show because <laughs> I, I I have all the attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the nineteenth century, the claim the claim is that that people were using butt plugs as a cure for headaches. Dr. Leeson's rectal dilators cure your headaches and other health ailments. Mm, That sounds amazing. And, okay, and I'm determining whether or not this happened, right? Like, that they were doing this. Was this, is this a genuine fact or is this a made-up fact? Okay. I say, I say false. Oh, it is true. Oh, darn. Varying in diameter from a half inch to one inch and up to four inches long. Ouch. Devices known as rectal dilators, also known as butt plugs, were said to have been sold in the 19th century and marketed as a cure for ailments like chronic constipation, torpid liver, and most surprisingly, headaches. I mean, it definitely helped a little bit with the constipation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like uh, it's just, uh, gives it a fine point to break up the impact, right? The, the compacted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to. Wow. This <laughs> not a place I thought I'd ever be uh, on a podcast, but here we are. Woo. Rectal dilators. Well, uh, if if you've got to get one wrong. Yeah. No, that's all right. That's all right. Ron, I, I, I concede to you. You are a better player at this case. So if I do win ever, I'm good. it's going to be a Cinderella story. But I don't right. think it means that I'm not good at fact checking. No, you're actually really good. And it's great. We get to hear your thought process play out because you really you, you consider the angles. I love it. Fucking love it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, something feels feels good before we go. All right. Uh, today's feel-good news brought to you by our AI overlords. AI is kicking ass in healthcare. Two competing stories. Uh, the first one being AI has been, they, they started showing uh, uh, this, this AI algorithm, all of these CT scans of, of patients' hearts and vascular systems, and the AI's got to the point where it can predict a heart attack as far as 10 years into the future. Wow. In in this is out of Britain, and they've already using it to where where heart doctors where they would normally look at it and be like, oh, you're fine. This AI's been like, uh, not so much. And they've said, oh, okay, well, so we'll much. go ahead and put you on this pre- preventative thing right now. That's fabulous. Is it cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> it, it yeah it's it's like uh micro blockages and 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 the 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 micro changes in the arteries that the ai is able to spot where the human eye isn't but uh yeah you know what uh, side note i did go you talk about ai doctors i can't wait to get one i just went to my primary care physician met him for the first time okay and you both know audience you might not know i smoked cigarettes for 23 years okay I, I'm a year and a half right now, 18 months clean. And, and I'm talking to my doctor about the risk for heart disease. Yes. And he pulled up in front of me on the computer in the office, the Mayo Clinic fill it in yourself form, goes it through it with me, fills it all in, says, you only got a one and a half percent risk. And I said, doctor, my, my, my father had a bad heart attack. His father died of a double heart attack. My grandmother had a quadruple heart bypass because of her heart attack. And I smoked cigarettes for 23 years. I think I got a higher risk than 1%. And he goes, no, look, look, he just, point, he just points at the number on the screen. I can't wait for the fucking AI to be my doctor is what I'm saying. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> on top of the, the being able to read a CT scan better than a human, uh, <laughs> the, uh, a team at, the UC, at UCLA has created an AI model to use the epigenetic factors in cancer to accurate, accurately predict patient outcomes in in regards to different cancer types. Wow! So a uh, 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 very complex way of saying like the the nice. AI is able to look at the cancer and and tell you what type what type and how severe it is right then and there. Imminently useful information, yes, for a treatment plan. Oh yeah. Yeah, game changer, game changer. Really delighted with a lot of these, uh, the healthcare advancements in AI. 
mm-hmm. I hope I hope the warfare advancements are going equally as peaceful. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's just undeniably good news. Yeah, good for everyone. Yeah, I know. I know my own mother, who I lost to breast cancer. Like she first felt like a lump in the early nineties, and like she was going to doctors then, freaking out, thinking she had breast cancer. And I feel like if there was a, like an AI that would take a scan. Uh, or uh, like they take the biopsy and like the AI just looks at it like way, way harder for them to miss it. Cause she had several doctors be like, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, when, you know, maybe, maybe could have gotten that mastectomy sooner. I don't know. Yeah. To me, this is, this is just amazing, amazing news. I heard an interesting case recently for yeah. uh, trying to, trying to make sure we don't overscreen though. Like I guess a lot of celebrities are paying out of pocket to get full body scans and then mm-hmm. finding stuff and having all kinds of invasive procedures. You've, once you find something, you got to get rid of it. Most things and we most and we all actually have a bunch of stuff in us. I found a bunch of stuff. Got a liver tumor. I got a little tumor in my uh, nasal passage. You know, we got stuff, and it's usually benign. We all have things, yeah. And apparently, there are doctors who are making a case against scanning too much, and then ending up having needless procedures, which can be really invasive. You have complications from those procedures also. Yeah. It was, it was just perspective building for me. I uh, think, because I've always been taught preventative care, preventative care, so important. So I guess we need that AI that's scanning you regularly, that know, that has knowledge of like, it's not serious until XYZ. Yeah, I never, it, right. it, it never even occurred to me that uh, th- such a case would be made. And she had a bigger like macro agenda for that position that I'm having trouble recalling because I think it was a couple steps away from <laughs> my ability to recreate it. But she, she really felt that <laughs> the world would be a better place if we didn't focus so hard on preventative care and just went to the doctor when we felt that. Even, even uh, I, I guess in my own experience, my, my father has prostate cancer. He is, you know, He's in his late seventies. He got diagnosed t- like ten years ago, twelve years ago, and just did nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the most common things now is watch and wait. The doctors say monitor and see what happens, but no, nothing invasive or drastic. Usually, is what happens these days. Just let it go. I was due for a colonoscopy, and then I had a job interview on the day of the colonoscopy, and that was a really tough decision for me because I I want to know what's in there. Right? You get to that point in your life where you're like, no, 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 no. What's inside me, man? Tell me. <laughs> Am I okay? No, you're, you're full of shit. <laughs> this portion of the episode is Literally, brought to you by yes. a bidet. Why are you wiping when you can actually wash your ass? Oh, man, that reminds me. I was, oh, I was supposed to burn you about the butt plugs at some point, and I forgot. <laughs> Listen, the Dr. Leeson's... I need to write this stuff down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need a notepad. Dr. Leeson's rectal... Uh, what was the fucking... Uh, I already closed the story. Damn it. Uh, yeah, those are a legit product. We can market this shit, man. Uh, okay, folks, thanks so much for joining us for this entire ride. We're so glad you did. Uh, Alex, Ron, I'm always delighted to have a, such a good time chatting with you gentlemen. But sadly, uh, we are coming to the end. I'd like to, I'd like to also thank uh, Wolf Cola, the cola for closure, 
as we hear at the end. <laughs> and, and as always, no episode would be complete if I, I didn't tell you to go check out our website, uh, soon to be Patreon. We also, we got a free Discord. Uh, feel free to pop on over to there. Uh, I need to give out a shout to science, congeniality, the social contract, making society better than anarchy for many of the last thousands of years. And, and generally, just have a wonderful day, folks. If you have a good time with us, rate and subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell someone who needs us. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. Until then, take care. You can say bye. You're allowed. Oh, bye. Bye-bye. Now things are ending. It's time to go. No more to get through. Thanks for listening. That's our show. Ain't affectation. Oh, we're just leaving you half caught. Half caught. Half caught. We had a good time talking today. But even best times, eventually they fade away. Ain't adjuration, we're just leaving half-cocked.